0: If you're interested in partnering with Magical Storybook English Nanny Bedtime Stories or wanting to know more about sponsorship opportunities, then visit our website www.magical-storybook.com. You can also download free read-along books to accompany our fairy tales. Our Magical Storybook podcast Mia and the Curse of Camelot is now an exciting new novel available to download on Amazon or buy as a printed book follow the link in the podcast details Welcome to Magical Storybook a collection of children's stories from around the world Mia and the Curse of Camelot Chapter 13 Charger A friend in need is a friend indeed But a friend who's a steed is better Mia looked up at the castle roof and saw Morgana raise her hands towards the sky once more as she commanded a series of forked lightning bolts to come crashing down The dragons soared and swooped to avoid them as they opened fire on her with a barrage of fireballs. Without hesitation, Morgana made a circling motion around her body, creating a protective shield that caused the flaming missiles to explode on impact. There were not just fireballs for them to contend with now, but a continual stream of smaller burning projectiles that rained down onto the garden. Stop! Screamed Mia, you're going to destroy the whole of Camelot. But they continued to come and she and her companions had no choice but to take shelter in one of the stone porchways and watch and pray as the sparks set the dried vegetation alight. Taras lunged at Morgana and she immediately spun round on the spot before bursting into a flock of crows which flew over the mystical mountains. The dragons flew after her. Now, apart from the odd distant crack of thunder and dragon roar, the air was silent. Odd Job ran to get his bucket and flapped around, making a heroic but useless attempt to put out the fires. But the flames did not burn for too long anyway. As soon as they hit the damp leaves underneath, they were snuffed out. Bob breathed a sigh of relief. They looked at the big hole that was in the roof and the side of the castle and shed tears at the piles of stone that covered Merlin. "'He'll have been crushed to bits,' wept Mia, who was by now tired of the seemingly impossible task of trying to help Camelot. There's no way he could have survived that. The dream fairy tried desperately to find a small gap to squeeze through to try and help the wizard,' But there was no way in. Mia and Bob agreed that they must at least see and started digging through the rubble. Morian clambered over the bricks that had fallen inside the castle and narrowly missed him. The clunk, clunk sound of the statues hunting for him was getting louder. They were now inside the castle as well and he knew that they would soon be upon him. He climbed out of the hole where the kitchen once was and ran through the gardens towards Mia. He was pleased to see his old friend Bob, but there was no time for a proper greeting. Did you find Charger? he asked Mia. She quickly explained about Merlin. I presumed that he was with the other statues, he replied. The sound of the clunking got louder. We must move swiftly, leave Merlin for now. ''I need my horse if I'm to stand any chance against our cursed friends,'' he said, ushering them into the next walled garden as the statues came marching around the corner. Bob fumbled nervously for his keys and then locked the rusty gate behind them. ''Quickly, we stand more chance if we split up,'' said Morian. Mir disappeared down a path, which followed a small stream that ran through the grounds. She was glad to see something natural again, although she soon thought differently when she saw all the statues that stood on the other side. For a moment her heart jumped, but then she realised that they were still sleeping, undisturbed by Morgana's call to battle. They all had the finest carved clothes and jewellery, and it was clear that they were royalty. Or at least, they were once. The noise of the disturbed leaves as she ran hid the faint whispers that were coming from them. Further down, the stream split into two, with one part diverting to a small pond. She cringed to see that somebody, probably Morgana herself, had placed some of the gnome folk around the edge. As a final act of humiliation, she had placed fishing rods in their hands. A light breeze brought with it a charcoal smell and she saw that the dragon fire had burnt a large section of the garden ahead. As she scanned over it, something caught her eye. It was an object that was glistening in the moonlight. Moving closer, she could see that something bulky-looking was sticking out of the charred grass. She took out her torch and shined it on the object. It was a statue made of green marble, although most of it was buried in the earth. She began to pull at the soil and weeds that covered it. Soon, a horse's head was revealed. Mia called loudly to the others. The dream fairy was the first to arrive. She hovered above the statue and then pulled on a short rope that was dangling from the roof of her bubble, which made the bubble drop lower so that she could examine it. Soon, Morian and Job arrived, and Morian immediately began to uncover the back of the statue. There it was. There was no mistaking the carved wavy cloth and simple saddle that he had been given on completing his night training. "'Charger!' he exclaimed excitedly, patting her back. "'Don't worry, my princess. We will soon get you out of here.' A few minutes later, Charger was free, Her stone legs were bent and in the air, as if she had been struck by the curse in mid-canter. Thank goodness she is still in one piece, said Morian. The distant noise of the gate being rattled silenced him. Stand back, said the fairy. They are coming. She took out her bell and began to wave it over the marble horse. A stream of musical notes began to appear in the air. Mia could not just hear them, she could see them too and it was as though they were coming in from every part of the universe Then the fairy began to sing her curse-breaking spell It was a strange chanting sound that joined with the bell's chimes becoming one magical sound Mia was mesmerised She was not the only one A quiet sigh came from each of the sleeping statues as the notes waltzed around them, leaving a coil of vibrant colours behind as they moved. The notes touched each statue lightly, making them shake as they bounced from one figure to the next. Then they surrounded Charger. The vibrations of the music caused her marble casing to crack releasing a brilliant white light from within. The statue prison shattered into tiny pieces, releasing the horse from the curse. Charger gasped for air, and with Morian's encouragement, she stumbled to her feet. She shook herself and reared up, whinnying so loudly that the knights who were now smashing through the garden wall with their maces stopped and listened. The notes then moved on to the other sleeping statues in the garden, surrounding them and breaking their curse. One by one, the garden prisoners looked up at the sky and drew breath for the first time in years. No one noticed that one of the musical notes had not joined the others. It had gone off on its own and made its way to the pile of stones that had fallen on Merlin. It was tiny enough to sneak through a small gap and make its way down to the wizard. A few seconds later the stones began to shake and then slowly they moved apart. Morian and Charger greeted each other with affection and he thanked his friends before jumping onto her back and racing towards the undead knights. Mia ran around gathering up all the gnomes and confused members of royalty and led them round the back of the garden to the safety of the castle. When they were hidden, she ran back to the place where Merlin had been buried and was stunned to find that the rubble had all been moved. As she stood there staring in bewilderment, a voice from behind made her jump. Are you looking for me?